Welcome to the Bob on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am Steve Galindo, head film critic, Undead Cow. Welcome to the Pope on Film, a serious intellectual look at the world of cinema. Yes. I liked that. I liked that a lot. I based it on the fake film critic for The Onion. Yeah. I just, I just thought I'd dress nice because I usually don't have a lot of reasons to dress nice. How are you doing, Bunny? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm pretty stuffy today, but other than that. Okay. Cough away. uh, Cough away. What? Do whatever you have to. Just cough away. Do whatever you have to do, Bunny. It's fine. It's fine. Just cough it out. So I'm very excited about today. It is the 286th episode of this podcast, The Pope on Film. We will be discussing Alanis Morissette. We'll have a reading from my favorite book. We will be discussing the world's worst film critic. And we will be discussing uh, a movie this week that I'm super excited about. It is a Christian film called Assassin 33 AD. And I'm really excited about it because I swear to God, this was the perfect year for this movie to come out because if this movie had come out on a normal year, then people would say, oh my God, this movie is the worst. This is the worst film of all time. Oh my God, everybody, you've got to see this film. This is the worst film ever. But uh, all movie theaters were shut down. Hollywood was canceled. All of the movie, big movie releases were pushed back. And so this film sort of snuck itself into homes. Yes. People don't know that this film exists, but this is a really bad film, and I'm super excited to be talking about it. I'm yeah. so excited. This week's movie. We yeah. we were we were off last week. We were going to do the movie last week. We were off last week. Uh, something that we try not to do, but I, I I did not realize how deeply it would really upset our fans. And I just want to apologize and see that, you know, just because we took a week off, guys, that is no reason to storm the state capitol, okay? Yes. Really. I mean, we'll be Very back. Much so. That's we have everything that we have ever done on SoundCloud. I'm sure there are episodes that you've missed that you can be listening to as opposed to Armed Insurrection. I, you know, I... The, the fans have you listened to Oogie so Loves? Have bad. you honestly listened to the Oogie Loves episode? Okay, really. The fans of this podcast were so upset that we were off last week that some of them dressed like the bear in Midsommar and stormed the nation's capital. I know I make a lot of Midsommar references, but that's no reason for you to dress like a bear and try and take over the government. I know you're a fan of the podcast, but come yes. on, people. Very all, sad. All I'm saying is I'd look good in that outfit. Okay? Oh, yeah. You absolutely would. You absolutely would. This this beard deserves bullhorns. Okay? I have. I have. Let's get real close, everybody. I have an actual decent beard. The problem is, is that the way that I sleep causes my beard to sort of be pushed down and so every once in a while, I'll just 
I'll be bored and I'll bring the beard out. And I like doing this because bringing the beard out is the difference between normal Steve and grizzled prospector Steve. Yes. I, I get my beard out. Suddenly I'm looking for Curly's gold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I sleep, my beard gets pushed out into the kitchen where it looks for snacks. Nice. Like uh, like uh, that woman with the hair in Marvel. Medusa? I think that's Medusa, her name. Yeah. And one names. of the Inhumans. Yeah. Yeah, one and, of the Inhumans. And I am so close to being able to get into some serious high may shit going on here. Yeah. Yeah. But let's get going with the podcast because I've got some really exciting stuff. Where's the book? Okay, there it is. Okay. Yes. I have a fun, new, occasionally reoccurring segment for Act 1 of the podcast, and I'm certain that this new segment will be the joke that you laid in the bed. That was me, and I'm not going to fade as soon as you close your eyes because it's time for the Alanis Morissette Corner. Okay. This is the part of the show where we discuss a recent news story that is so ironic that it's like rain on your wedding day, a free ride when you've already paid, the good advice that you just didn't take, and at the end of the segment, you and I, Bunny, will share a hearty laugh and say, well, who would have thought it figures? Yes. This is our new segment. And so this week on the Alanis Morissette Corner, we dive into the world of fake celebrity doctors with a discussion of Dr. Drew. Okay. TV doctor that first gained prominence as one half of the radio call-in relationship show Love Line. Yes. He hosted that for a long time with Adam Carolla. I would listen to that in high school and college. Then he parlayed that into a career as the host of the borderline offensive crass reality show Celebrity Rehab which used and abused washed up celebrities to further Dr. Drew's career. I hate this man for that reason. Okay. That like hey, uh, there are (coughs) celebrities and they used to be famous and then they fell into addiction and substance abuse and now they have serious problems so they're all going to stay in one house so that Dr. Drew can film them yes that's sick that is sick and doesn't help anyone except Dr. Drew. So I'm pissed off about that. A- any man who would get addicts and force them onto a VH1 reality show does not take his Hippocratic oath seriously. No. no. Yeah. Nowadays, he has like six podcasts and he makes the rounds of afternoon mom type talk shows. You know, those talk shows that air at 11. Well, AM. what I always think is that can't you really just earn more money being a doctor? An actual, yeah, being like an a, actual being doctor. Like a real doctor than having some yeah. early morning show? Yeah. Some advice show? Yeah, he'd probably make show? more money if he was an actual doctor. Yeah. 
So in the kind of show that you watch when you're vacuuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now nowadays, you mostly see them on talk shows where women drink mimosas and dance to "I'm Every Woman" before welcoming Suzanne Summers. Yes. And Dr. Drew. That that's that's where Dr. Drew is right now. And fun fact, not sure if that many people know this, but uh, this past February and March and April, he regularly appeared on TV shows and on Fox News and everywhere downplaying the coronavirus. Nice. Thank you, Dr. Drew. Yeah. He's such Dr. Drew. Yeah, what a great sign of a doctor who takes his Hippocratic Oath seriously. He said that the coronavirus was no worse than the flu. He said that more people die each year of the flu than of the coronavirus. He said you were more likely to die of the flu than COVID-19. He said you were more likely to get hit by an asteroid than to get sick and die from COVID-19 and he well, said I and I quote ridiculous. yeah and he said and I quote uh the coronavirus it is a press induced panic and I am angry about it he blamed the media for making people scared of the coronavirus when there was nothing to be scared of People didn't need to wear masks because the coronavirus was not a big deal. You were more likely to get hit by an asteroid. So, so, so yeah, he said that in March. As the lockdown started in March, he was on TV telling people, hey, the coronavirus is nothing. Don't take the coronavirus seriously. And then in April, as it got worse, he stopped. Uh, appearing on TV shows, spreading his coronavirus is, is not a big deal. Nonsense. And so people started sharing video compilations of Dr. Drew downplaying the coronavirus throughout all of February and March. And Dr. Drew countered that by saying, hey, technically that video is my copyrighted work so he misused copyright laws to get videos of himself scrubbed from the internet nice that like hey dr drew it's april and my family is dead remember when you were downplaying the coronavirus here's a compilation so dr drew said well hey that's my copyrighted work i own that and he <laughs> taken away he was misusing copyright laws to silence critics well guess who just caught the coronavirus oh sweet and it couldn't have happened to a more deserving person no. screw dr drew blood is on that man's hands yes he spent over two months downplaying the virus. What kind of a god freaking doctor are you that you spent like three months downplaying the severity of a virus? Yes. Who does that? Who does that? I'm very, I'm very angry at this man. I do not blame you. you. Know? I don't blame you. I mean. Look, he's been hanging around with Adam Carolla. That should tell you enough right there. 
Yeah, that should tell you a lot. So uh, Dr. Drew, who spent months downplaying the severity of the coronavirus, has gotten the coronavirus a perfect first subject for our all new segment the Alanis Morissette Corner. So now it's the end of the segment. So, Bonnie, this is the part where you and I have a hearty laugh and then end with the Alanis Morissette line. Well, who would have thought it figures? Are you ready, Bunny? I'll count us down. All right. Okay. Okay. Three, two, sure. one. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> well, who would have thought it figures? And that is our first Alanis Morissette corner. And there will be more to come in future episodes of the podcast because uh, uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but there are shadows. Yeah, that is what I learned. From the Stephen King book, eleven twenty-two. Is she okay? She she. Once I started the podcast, she started trying to interrupt no, me no. about something. Because Metal wants more time than me. You did not. You had the TV from like uh, eight thirty to about noon. No. Well, and not only that, but she's on my tablet on Netflix in my room. Well, Metal. So basically, what she's essentially saying is Maxwell's on YouTube and I'm not. Yeah. Because I won't let her on YouTube on my tablet. Yeah. So, a bit ridiculous. Okay. Uh, cut on that segment. Bunny! Yes! It is time once again for everybody to sit down on the floor, okay? Uh, legs cross applesauce and put on your listening ears. Because it's story time once again, boys and girls and non-binary pals. So get comfy as we once again read from the absolutely insane Christian book by author and certified nutjob Kim Robinson. It's a book called Heaven is Real and Fun. Yes. With, With my favorite part, subtitle. You don't float around wearing diapers and eating grapes. Yeah. You don't do that. A lot of people think that's what heaven's about. And, and just, a, just a friendly aside, I was thinking the other day about The Empire Strikes Back, and some faceless person says, your tauntaun will freeze before when you, when you get out of the Hoth rebel base. And, and Han Solo says, well, then I'll see you in hell. And then he takes off. So that means there's a hell in Star Wars. There's the concept of hell is in Star Wars, which probably means there's a concept of heaven in Star Wars. Yes. Does that mean there's space Christians? That that does mean that there's space Christians. I look at it more like like uh, that is one weird kind of phrase to utter on planet Hoth. Cuz on planet uh, yes. Hoth, the ice planet Hoth, hell sounds kind of okay, you know. Yeah, I don't nice think that fire I think going, that this is a warm up. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen anyone discuss this before about Star Wars. Yeah, 
that this one line seems to suggest that there are space Christians. Like there's a planet out there of 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 just like maybe there's like a Christian planet. There's a Mormon planet. Well, oh, that's uh, our our navigation. That, that's always what I thought the, the empire was. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. Oh, maybe we can land here on the planet Kolob, and then you land on, like, the Mormon planet. Yeah. There's no one on the Jehovah's Witness planet, because they're all in tiny little speeders going to other planets. Yeah. They don't... Knocking on their doors. Star, planet. Star Wars history has not gotten... Far back enough to have covered Darth Xenu. Yes, that, that's very good, Darth Xenu. Okay, so let me tell you about this book, Heaven is Real and Fun. If this is your first time here, let's discuss this book, Heaven is Real and Fun. Author Kim Robinson believes that since 1988, every time she prays, she is... Uh, picked up by Jesus and taken to heaven where she plays and has a surprising amount of sexual tension with Jesus. This is an actual belief system that she actually believes that she has ridden a roller coaster with Jesus and has gone to a room of just body parts. It, it is very strange. And, and, and it kind of upsets me that, that there are people out there and you see someone on the street and they go, you know, I'm actually the, the king of the world and aliens have come to me and they told me that Elvis is really alive in Toledo. And they go, oh, well, you're insane. We're going to lock yes. you in this cupboard. And just keep you there with uh, some Goya beans and flan for the rest of your life so that you don't uh, spread your crazy. But then this woman says, uh, every time that I say uh, um, uh, Hail Mary, Jesus takes me to a theme park where we hold hands and make out. And people go, oh, what a beautiful, wonderful story, which is totally different from the other uh, story that I just said, because now it's religious. Yes. And, and it just upsets me a little bit. And so we're going back to Heaven is Real and Fun. We've, we've read a number of parts of this book here on the podcast. Uh, but we're going back to Heaven is Real and Fun for a very good reason. And I'm not sure if this is something that I've mentioned on the podcast before. I'm pretty sure that I haven't. So uh, I, I, I believe that, that I have some news that I haven't said before. And then I've been sitting on for a while now. Are you ready for this news, Bunny? Yes. Okay. Author Kim Robinson, author of Heaven is Real and Fun, you don't float around wearing diapers and eating grapes. Uh, she has sent me a friend request on Facebook. Oh, really? Yes. Have okay, so so here's how that happened. Uh, hell no. So so <laughs> here's how that happened. Uh, I follow I follow Heaven is Real and Fun on Facebook because I absolutely love this bizarre, crazy, uh, borderline insane and offensive 
almost erotic, technically nonfiction Christian book. I love this so much that I, I follow the book, Heaven is Real and Fun, on Facebook. Um, and on Facebook, she said that she recently wrote a new book all about uh, abortion. Okay. And it's sort of a follow-up to Abortion is real and fun. <laughs> that would be a good title, but no, it's got a stranger title. The title is called Jesus Sat on a Stump, which I'm pretty sure is the title of a Crash Test Dummy song, but that's beside the point. So she also said that her new book, she like, was giving like it away for free. Yeah, yeah. So she announced that she was giving away this new book, Jesus Sat on a Stump. She was giving it away for free. So I messaged her on Facebook asking for a free copy. And she said, yes, I can send you one. And instantly sent me a friend request on Facebook. That was three months ago. I haven't accepted it. I haven't declined it. It's just there. Okay. See, the problem I that I see, I, I, I've been worried about the possibility of accepting a friend request from the author of this book. The problem I see with being friends with uh, author Kim Robinson is that near the election last year, around November, Kim Robinson had another one of her magical play dates with uh, Jesus I love this book so much because, you know, I have read a number of Christian books before, but never before have I read a Christian book that seems wherein the author seems to be thirsty for some son of God D. Yes. Like Kim Robinson is in this book. So, so, okay. So near the election, she, she posted, she had another play date with Jesus where Jesus said, kept saying, trust my plan. Trust in the plan, Kim. I have a plan and my plan will destroy the enemy's plan. And she said, and she wrote it in caps, my plan trumps the enemy's plan. Okay. Trumps all in caps. That sounds like some Veggie Tales meets QAnon bullshit. Yes. And I have a hard time seeing myself saying yes to her friend request, but I, I figured I'd bring it up here on the podcast because if, if the okay, podcast but... says yes, then I'll definitely do it. Oh, the podcast has to say yes. Uh, so we make fun of her until she cries and goes away. Okay. What's the harm here? Okay, then I will definitely say yes to her <laughs> request. I will do that. So, okay. So today's reading of Heaven is Real and Fun really showcases how thirsty the author is for some uh, daily dick. Uh, this one is called Dancing and Cooking with Jesus. That's okay. the, the title of this one. As you can see right there, if you're watching this uh, on Facebook, if you're watching the live stream, which you totally should, 
dancing and cooking with Jesus. Oh, automatically, my mind goes to a film I haven't even seen, but um, uh, dance, uh, riding in the car with boys. I just yeah. imagine Jesus and Kim Robinson, and they're cooking, and like R-E-S-P-E-C-T is playing on a transistor radio, and they're dancing in the kitchen, and Jesus has some some like a, some some powder, and she goes boop on her nose, and she goes, oh, Jesus, and they laugh and laugh, and they're laughing so much, and oh no, we're so close. Should we kiss now, Jesus? Maybe we should make out to alleviate the tension <laughs> sort of uh scene but anyway let me read to you this actual part of the book okay are you ready buddy okay okay during about three and a half hours of praying and loving on jesus i had the following experience jesus began to slow dance with me yeah Okay. Okay, Jesus but every time, but every time they did, an angel would show up and be like, "All right, all right, two hands, two hands." There's a, who 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 imagines slow dancing with Jesus? Like you lost that loving feeling starts playing, and they're they're really close, and then Kim Robinson feels something and goes. Is that a crucifix in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me, Jesus? <laughs> okay. Jesus began to slow dance with me, telling and teaching me to, quote, let it go. Yes. He, he said, it's not your responsibility to raise them up. It's not your responsibility to raise up the church. It's mine. Oh, so something's raising up while they're slow dancing. Yeah. yeah. yeah this, this is, this is, uh, this is a great religious book. Jesus said, let it go and relax. Follow my movements, follow. And we will become as one dancer, become one with me and relax your arms, hips, neck, head, and legs. We danced for an hour as I was learning to let go. This seems pretty dirty. I, I, I yes. But what kind of creeps me out, okay? Because if you get into the religion and Jesus being God, the creator of all. This, this is kind of like slow dancing with your dad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not reading into this book when I say that this author seemingly wants to bang Jesus. Yes. I, 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 I don't think I'm being offensive. I think the book is being offensive. And now we have a way to find out. Yeah. Then we baked cookies in the kitchen in heaven. Okay. Sugar cookies with chocolate chips. I looked and people started coming into the kitchen. My mom appeared and hugged me and said, I'm sorry, we didn't do this more. Listen, 
Jesus gives you little nuggets while he is talking and you don't want to miss them. They laughed. Jesus said, yeah, you, oh, you, you don't want to miss any of the Jesus nuggets. Yeah, you don't want to miss those Jesus nuggets. People come yeah. from people travel from miles around for the Jesus nuggets. Yeah. Um, hey, honey, later, do you want to slow dance with me and we can become as one dancer? Uh huh. Uh huh. I can teach you to let it go. Like Elsa? No, I can teach you to relax your arms, hips, neck, head. And legs. That's not me saying that. That's Jesus. That's <laughs> Jesus saying that. I have no idea why my music stopped. Hmm. It didn't. Probably Jesus trying yeah. to tell you that you no. need to slow dance with me. No. Yeah. That. Yeah. No. Chick-fil-A nuggets. Chick-fil-A nuggets. Yeah, they would be considered Jesus, Jesus nuggets. nuggets. Yeah. Jesus said, oh, you cook, and they will come. Yes. And laughed wholeheartedly. We danced more in the kitchen, and this time I molded to him quicker. <laughs> I asked Jesus about being taken to other places supernaturally and helping others. He said, oh, we could set the depressed free. We could push back darkness and we could heal the sick because there will always be someone who needs those things. But not everyone just wants to stop and be with me. They want to do, not be. Just be with me now. There's always time to do and not just be. Yes. And that's the end of this week's reading of the uh, thirstiest Christian book ever written. Jesus is real and fun. You don't float around wearing diapers and eating grapes. <laughs> what do people think that? You haven't lived until you've ridden on a roller coaster with Jesus. That's the roller coaster right there. Yes. So much fun riding a roller coaster with Jesus. I love this book so much. My wife bought this book for me one Christmas, which was a double present because not only did I get the present, but my wife had to actually pay money to get this delivered to our house. Okay. So it's a double present. Yeah. It's a double present. I got the book and my wife got it for me. And that's hilarious. My wife paid money for this. It's just as good as the book itself. Yes. I love this book so much. So much. And that's it for this week's reading of Heaven is Real and Fun. And yes, uh, during the break, let's just do that. During the break, I'm going to uh, say yes to Kim Robinson's friend request, and we'll just see what happens. Okay. So uh, keep keep listening to the Pope on film for more uh, uh, updates on what I'm now calling Kim Robinson watch. That's what I'm calling <laughs> it. That's what I'm calling it. And cut on that. Honey. Yes. We still have a full podcast to, to get to. We have to do bunny verses. I imagine there might be. A little bit to talk about this week, maybe. There, perhaps. there might be. 
we will be talking about the worst movie review in the history of mankind. And we will be talking about one of the unintentionally funniest movies I've ever seen. This week's film, Assassin 33 AD. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Boop on Film after this. Do 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 John Johnson, but everyone here calls me Vicky. Andre the Giant, we hardly knew ye. What's up, y'all? Bill McNeil saying there's a party all up in here and you need to get with the flow. Oh, yeah, Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor's got the heavyweight power, but you got the E-Arch to rip it up to some fat booty beats. Or just chill with the honey. So get on the rocket and see the stars. Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor. Damn! <laughs> The Erotic Adventures of Hercules. Close it up, close it up, close it up. You don't scare me. I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. Now this is something the other tour guides will tell you. Seasons came and changed the time. The murder of Phil Hartman. Dig your own grave and say. Have you ever heard the expression, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, and then toss it in the face of the person who gave you the lemons until they give you the oranges you asked for in the first place? I shot you. In this particular cell block, Machine Gun Kelly had what we call in the prison system a bitch. And one night, in a jealous rage, Kelly took a makeshift knife for Shiv and cut out the bitch's eyes. Did somebody say sassy? 
This way to the cafeteria. Champ Howard, today we mourn a stooge. Bryn pointed the gun at Phil and fired three shots. Fire! Fire! I, I should want to cook him a simple meal. But I shouldn't want to cut into him, to tear the flesh, to wear the flesh, to be born unto new worlds where his flesh becomes my key. And as if this wasn't enough retribution for Kelly, the next day he and four other inmates took turns hissing into the bitch's ocular cavities. That's right! I never thought of that one! Oh, women! No! Moments later, Bryn picked up a second gun and lay down next to the body of her husband. She held the weapon to her own head and pulled the trigger.
Are you an evil supervillain in need of a nameless army? Then come on down to Nameless Henchman Warehouse. We are North America's leading supplier of nameless characterless thugs who all somehow know Kung Fu. Plus, since they're characterless, it doesn't matter when they die in battle, and that is the Nameless Henchman Warehouse guarantee. Do you need an army to storm a mystical castle? Do you need a henchman to steal pages from an ancient tome? Or do you just want to defeat those pesky ninja turtles once and for all? Then come on down to the nameless henchman warehouse off of Route 9 in Maine next to the Chicory Dog. New henchman warehouse. We send bad guys to death. A picture you won't ever forget, because it touches the full spectrum of the bizarre, the forbidden, the twilight areas of a life destined to be spent in shadow and agony. The screen may never again relate to this subject matter. It will certainly never again approach this treatment. Oh, you know all about them, huh? You don't even know their names. Now get them out of here. Look, Paul, why don't you just go on to bed or something? I promised to have them out of here first thing in the morning. But I'm not taking them back on that road this time of night. Do they? I don't want to be unreasonable. But you know what happens to you when you get around women. And it must never happen again. It ain't gonna happen, Paul. I'm gonna go fix them something to eat, and I'll show them to the rooms. A child's world robbed of joy by a secret conspiracy of suspicion and fear, dwelling like a lodger in the mind, insinuating its presence into every heartbeat, holding a black light to the dreams of childhood, forcing the will into blind canyons of loneliness and despair, a stolen life, pawned to a godless oblivion. left to mourn, the last witnesses to the execution, suspended in time by a puppeteer with blood on his hands, little broken dolls that go on dancing after the music has stopped. Three. Mm. Judge me by my size, do you? Mm. My penis you have not seen. Huge it is. Mm. Yes. Suck it, you will. Mm.
And we're back with the Pope on film. Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus, the podcast that is bringing America to the podcast segment that is bringing Americans together? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you jazzed? Are you primed? Are you ready and raring to go? Are you amped up? Are you pumped up? Are you ready to do it? Ready to yes. do it? To it? Yes, let's do this shit. Well then. Without any further ado, it is time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. Damn you, Antifa. Uh, I heard a rumor that Antifa actually disguised itself as the entirety of the Republican Party. Yes. Yes. And, and, a, and a quick shout out at the start of the start of the segment. Uh, thank you to Christian for for liking the stream, Dan Rock for liking the stream, and somebody I am intrigued by who liked the stream. Prisoner of Darkness. Prisoner I am of intrigued. Darkness. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know off the top of my head who that is, but I did share the stream on, uh, Twitter and I do have a number of followers on Twitter and that seems like the type of person who would follow me on Twitter. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. But Very I good. Have, I have no proof of that. <laughs> okay. Anybody named Prisoner yeah. of Darkness is more than welcome. <laughs> uh, the the full name is Prisoner of Darkness Ramirez. Yeah. The third, I believe. So, uh, because, uh, you know, uh, so many people are liking and watching the stream. I just want to take this time to sort of clarify, if you're new here, that Bunny Versus is the freeform section of the show. Yes, it is. Where uh, we talk about whatever we want. And a lot of times what has happened to us this past week and uh, that sort of a thing. And that's what's happening here. And in my... Uh, in my explanation of what this segment is, we have lost like uh, two viewers. So yes. maybe next time I won't spend so much time explaining what the segment is. To be fair, I am a little bit high. Yes. Yeah. So it's been a week. How, how are you? You were not feeling well. Are you feeling better? It, it it was more of a mental thing. What I, I've I learned about myself. Feeling. What I learned about myself is that when I am happy and I take edibles, 
then I will have a really wonderful experience and I'll be nice and mellow and happy. And I'll be, I have a, my high music playlist has expanded and I'll be listening to stuff and, and I'll be feeling really good. But if I am depressed, which I wrestle with a lot and I take edibles, if I don't consciously try and combat that as the edibles are kicking in, then I'll just end up in a really big fucking pit, you know? And it's just, as much as I love edibles, at times edibles will, if I am depressed and hate myself and take the edibles, that will just worsen the experience. Yes. So now I I am more consciously like, hey, I'm going to take this edible. Then I'm going to watch some cartoons, maybe listen to some happy music, maybe uh, spend a little bit of time to myself and then maybe go outside and look at birds and play with cats as the edibles are kicking in. So now I'm trying to be more conscious about it. So... That's helping. Uh, what has happened these past two weeks? Uh, well, before before delving into the, the past two weeks, I, I do also have an edible story. Okay. I would like to hear that edible story. So I was supposed to work some overtime yesterday, uh, and it like, yes. didn't really come through. And, like, so then like after working that would be the start of my weekend of which i always start my weekend by taking some edibles yes <clears throat> so i put on the television i take some edibles and i'm going to be working on things anyway so i'm looking for a good saturday morning kind of movie you know that kind of feel uh, I've been doing a lot of Godzilla yeah. in the mornings lately. I didn't want to do that. And I saw, oh, Dracula versus, versus Frankenstein. That's Ugh. the mood I'm in. Okay? Horrible B-movie. I will B say, movie. though. Huh? Horrible B-movie, yes. But that is a horrible B-movie with a swinging opening theme song. Oh God! Yes, it does, and it's it's, it's like a it's like a it's like a surf instrumental. <laughs> That's like right up there with the theme to the Blob, and it has in a my cameo. Mind. Yes, and it has a cameo by Forrest J. Ackerman. You know, yes. so so fuzzy Forrest. Uh, I'm good to go. I could put this movie on and get back to work on Dabney's apartment or whatever I'm doing and enjoy the high that's going to be coming on in a little while. So I go about doing my thing. The movie's playing. And I kind of casually look at the television and I'm like, Michael Rennie, and I didn't think anything much of it. You know, uh, Felt a little uncomfortable about seeing Michael Rennie. But again, didn't think much about it because he could have been in it, you know. 
And then yeah. I started seeing a lot of scenes that looked very foreign. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what exactly am I watching? Because it's not what I think thought it was. There are two. There are two Dracula versus Frankenstein's. This was the other yes, one. Yes, there are two. Yeah, there's a foreign one. I've only seen the foreign one. So I was surprised to like, hey, I'm going to watch. I've had the exact opposite experience of you. Hey, I'm going to watch Dracula versus Frankenstein, that weird movie about about whatever friggin' aliens or whatever. And, and they're controlling monsters and the swinging theme song. And I'm like, wait a second. This is really shitty, and Forrest Ackerman's in it. Yeah, I've had the exact opposite of this. This, this was, and it and it now becomes the first official Paul Nashy movie that I've ever seen. It was the Paul Nashy movie, Dracula versus Frankenstein, and it was pretty fucking awesome. It was much better than the yeah, movie I, I was that intending one. on watching. I mean, that it's silly. version of Dracula. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's weird. silly, it's but freaking like, weird. But, <clears throat> but like, they try. They, I, 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 I liked it. I fucking liked it a lot. Even if Frankenstein did look like one of the yeah. groovy ghoulies. Yeah, you did. I <laughs> love that movie. That movie, that version of it is one of the films we watched in the original Ed Woodstock that happened in my uh, in my living room when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. We watched Plan 9 from Outer Space, Glenn or Glenda, uh, Monster on the Campus, Dracula versus Frankenstein, and then I think we were going for a fifth movie, but everyone passed out. So this was a very fun experience to have as the edibles were kicking in. Yeah. I am totally confused yeah. about what exactly I'm watching. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I love that edible story. So this week, how about this week? What do you think? Ooh. Uh, so let me tell you the big story this week yes. that happened. Uh, so Natasha was feeling down in the dumps. Can I take those out? Uh, Natasha was feeling down in the dumps and she wasn't sure what to do about dinner. And I was trying to think of something that would cheer her up. So I said, how about Arby's? So we decided to go and get Arby's and, and. Why are I you? Well, yeah, Natasha sent me and I went with Amber and because I hate going to get fast food alone because I'm getting fast food for seven people because because yes. I because there's five kids in this. So then Natasha and I and that's a big order. And I, I, I especially hate getting something different for, for each person. And I'm just there ordering forever with my list of stuff. So I said, how about we do Arby's in a different way? We'll just get this many, you know, ch- roast beef and cheddar and this many regular roast beef, maybe like two fries. And then that's it. We can just get a, a big massive pile of Arby's and then everyone can get it. Cause that will take less time. Certainly. So 
so we went and we ordered Arby's. We went inside. We said this will be quicker because there was a big line of people in the drive-through. It'll be quicker if we just go in and order it. It took 42 minutes for them to get us our order. It took so long that the manager showed up and said, I'm sorry it's taken so long. We are going to give you your your money back. Yes. So we got like a $58 dinner absolutely free, which was nice. So we brought the Arby's back home, and that's when we noticed something. Natasha said, this roast beef tastes weird. And I was like, what do you mean? And then she showed me her roast beef sandwich. And we've had a lot of roast beef sandwiches from Arby's before. And it's always really like thin cut roast beef, you know, like really nice, like floppy roast beef. But this roast beef was thick and it was rough. It was rubbery and it was difficult to bite into. And we were all looking at the roast beef. Half of the sandwiches were like normal. And then a few of them were these like big, thick Texas style roast beefs. And we were trying to figure out what it was. And then I started thinking about, wait a second, we are still in the middle of a pandemic and stuff like that. And I've heard things about like, hey, Arby's might run out of meat. It was always something that I heard you know, the rumors of social media throughout like quarantine and stuff like that as places are closing down and everything like that. Something tells me, and I put it up on Twitter and I even sent it to the Arby's Corporation, but something tells me that my local Arby's and quite possibly a number of other Arby's throughout America have been running out of roast beef and have been straight up going to their goddamn supermarket and just buying fucking roast beef and putting it in their goddamn damn arby sandwiches okay because i swear to god we were eating some roast beef sandwiches that were just a bun and some cheese and some goddamn dollar roast beef from freaking safeway from they went to a ralph's and just bought the cheapest roast beef they could find and they've been shoving it in their freaking sandwiches i swear to god i have uncovered a massive arby's conspiracy it's an arby's conspiracy and that is of course the biggest thing that has happened this week without a doubt me exposing the lies that the arby corporation doesn't want you to know Also, Natasha starts a new job tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, because the last one may or may not have given us the coronavirus. Yeah, Yeah. and I'll be damned if I give my family this new variant because I'm stuck in an elementary school with kids who don't. My hands are. Okay. Well, that's a shame, really. I, I am a sh- I am saddened that you have uh, started a new job because I was a comic book fan throughout the 80s and 90s. And so back in my day, it was like, hey, I want to get an a issue of X-Men. Oh, well, which one? There are 38 X-Men comic books at the moment. OK, just get me the regular X-Men. OK, well, here is the newest issue. Do you want the regular edition? Do you want cover A, cover B, cover C, the limited edition cover, the lim- the very cover with the gold honest. foil embossed. I'm going to be honest, I'm a little bit yeah. high, so it took me a minute to see where you were going. Yeah, thank you. I got I, it, it, it's so in my mind, it's like, oh, we got the coronavirus. Oh, there's a new variant. Oh, well, we got to collect that one, too. Yeah, no, I got you. Yes. We got to collect all the coronaviruses now. 
Yeah. Free prescriptions. So Natasha is starting a new job tomorrow, and I'm really proud of her. Uh, she's going to be working from home. They're getting her like this big um, computer monitors and all this sort of uh, stuff. Yeah, and two monitors, a phone system, and headset. Um, laptop, two monitors, a phone you, system, and a headset. I'm really proud of you. You, 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 you spoke in the way I write. You just used a, pa a past tense and then a future tense. Oh, I'm tensing all over the place. I'm very tense. I'm very tense. I'm very tense. I'm very tense. Stress pain. Ella, did you tell her that, that that growing pain was stress pain? No. She keeps calling it stress pain. No, I didn't call it stress pain. I said, uh, hey, your arm hurts. That's probably just you growing up because your body is getting bigger. And that's what I said. Where the hell did she learn stress? Pain? I don't know where she learned friggin' stress pain, but she's also probably right. I mean, we're all stressed. So she said, Mommy, you're too old to have stress pain, right? I said, Wrong. I'm too old to have growing pain. <laughs> I'm just the right age to have stress pain. <laughs> I have all kinds of stress pain, kid. Yeah. But, but apparently, uh, at home, stay at home jobs are in such a high demand right now that I swear to God, Natasha did about seven interviews. You would have thought, oh God, she, you would have thought she was auditioning for the part of Ray in the yeah, new Star Wars tests. movie. Yeah. Yeah. They gave you tests. And a, yeah, tests, multiple tests. So, and a background check and a drug test. And yeah. Like, a background test, a drug test. I'm pretty sure they swabbed me. Pretty sure that they've been following the cats Aww. to make sure, like, uh, that that our possible new employees' cats haven't done anything untoward. Like, like seriously. Hey, I'm gonna. You jump through so many hoops, and I'm just so it, like it got to the point where it's like, oh, you're doing the fifth interview for this position. I, God, I hope I, you get it, because if you don't, after jumping through so many hoops, like, I'm gonna be real pissed. I was only four interviews. Four interviews, a yes. test, but, an actual I mean, test, and tests, then a drug test. Multiple tests, a and drug then, test, a background check, and yeah, uh, intense background check too. Like they were like, you got the dates, they got the dates wrong on this Barnes and Noble employment dates, and it's like, no, I didn't. It's just I served, I, I was at different stores, three different stores during that time, yeah, over multiple years and multiple positions. So, and finding the H and R. Number Barnes and Noble, yeah, is like finding Where's Waldo in a Waldo book where Waldo was taken out, yeah. So, yeah. uh, but somebody from like 2007 was like, Here's the information on their blog spot blog, Jesus, because they're like, It's so fucking hard to find it. So, when you Google it, that's one of the first ones that pops up because, yeah. and people today are still like, Thank you, this saved me. Yeah. Like if you're a current employee, you should be able to have access to that. You shouldn't have to go to some random blog from 2007 yeah. to get this information. But like, that's what I had to do to get that information. Yeah, they made it so hard to like, find out this very basic information. But, but yeah, but, but she got the job. She's starting it tomorrow. We get full paid health. No, I they you get 100% of, of my you, of your medical and dental, but I can purchase extra insurance for my family members. Yeah. So I'm going to have health insurance again. Hooray. Hooray. Very excited. Very excited about that. Uh, it was very scary. It, it, it is. It causes you intense. 
intense psychological pain and suffering to know that you have the coronavirus and no insurance. Yes. Words cannot properly express how I how that feels, you know, but so so we've been pretty happy. Uh, it, uh, I never thought I'd live to see the day that Trump gets uh, kicked off of Twitter. Yes. The amazing part, the amazing part is that I never thought I'd live to see the day where Trump got kicked off of Twitter. And technically, I saw it four times. Yeah. <laughs> because he was kicked off at real Donald Trump. So then he started tweeting from the POTUS account and then they locked him on that. So then uh, they, they he started tweeting messages from the team Trump account which they closed down. So then like uh, his digital communications director gave him uh, his own personal Twitter and said, I'm giving my Twitter account to Donald Trump now so he can tweet. And they shut that one down too. So not only did I see Trump get kicked off Twitter, I saw it four times. Nice. How amazing is that? And all that had to happen was Donald Trump had to kill four people. Yes. Five. Five Five people. (laughs) Five people. Yes. I mean, he's killed hundreds of thousands of people, let's be honest. But yes. in a different context, he's killing five, he's killed five people. Yeah. So, so I started. So how are you, Bunny? I, I started watching The Mandalorian. They, okay. finally, they finally got me. Okay. All right. And of All right. course. All right. Of course, they didn't get me the way they thought they would get me. They got me with two words. Two words that they said that I had to find out now. John Favreau. Yes. Now, I've heard all the rumors. I've heard all the spoilers. This one's on The Mandalorian. That one's on The Mandalorian. John Favreau is what put it over for me. Yeah. It's okay. You know, but like how I'm really feeling is like, look, okay. Star Wars, you hurt me. Okay. You hurt me bad. And just because you gussy yourself up now and wink at me across the bar, you think I'm just going to, you just expect me to come running back? Fuck you. I can't believe, I can't believe that the Mandalorian finally got you, bunny. What? I'm shocked by that. It it was strictly off of Jon Favreau's involvement and, and, Again, like I said, my my review is it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, 
at least an episode or maybe more episodes, but at least one episode of this past season was directed by Robert Rodriguez and everyone was blown away by Robert Rodriguez. And now he's going to be doing the uh, Boba Fett spinoff series that is coming out at the end of this year. And everyone's like, Oh, Robert Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez. I love Robert Rodriguez. And it's like, bitch. I like Robert Rodriguez before Robert Rodriguez was cool. It's like, okay, I know you're all excited about Robert Rodriguez because he's doing the Mandalorian and the the Boba Fett series, but if you have not sat down and watched the entire three and a half hour freaking uh, grindhouse, you haven't seen El Mariachi in Spanish, freaking Lucha Underground, then you shouldn't deserve to watch the freaking book of Boba Fett. I am so disappointed that I lost my the original copy of Grindhouse that I had. I found out I wound up fucking losing it, but it was perfect because it was a yeah. cam. This was the yeah. only time a cam was perfect for the movie. Yeah. So I would get to watch Grindhouse and there'd be people getting up and going to get popcorn and talking shit to each other. And I was like, no, this is exactly how this should be. The Grindhouse, the Blu-ray version of Grindhouse does have uh, a opening night theater audio track yeah so so it has the audience like reacting to the movie as an audio track and that's a really interesting experience yeah so i do like that yeah so bonnie uh who who is your favorite uh uh cosplaying seditionist the the cosplay coup yeah I, i'm just yeah. saying i'm just saying i would look good in that fucking outfit i would look good in the fur and the yeah, buffalo yeah. horns you, you know? would you would you would look really good guys from freaking I mean, glendale maybe arizona not, maybe it's not quite proper attire for when you're overthrowing the government but yeah perfectly acceptable at any renfest yeah, uh, the guys from Glendale, Arizona, and I know this because uh, I've been really nostalgic for uh, Phoenix lately. I spend most of my time at uh, Metro Center Mall in Phoenix, Arizona, and it closed down last year, and uh, people made a big deal about it, and, and there was like one last cruise around Metro, and all these Bill and Ted fans showed up for the last day of the mall because uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was filmed inside of this mall when I was a kid, yeah. and that really made me miss you know growing up in phoenix and stuff like that so i looked up like some of the old malls that i used to hang out at as a child like oh i wonder if christown mall is still open let me look up christown mall so i looked up christown mall and i looked up the mall that that opened up when i was in high school and it was eras 
uh, Arrowhead Town Center in Glendale, Arizona. And I said, I wonder if that mall's still doing good. That, that mall was really good and it opened in like the mid 90s. So it's probably still kicking. And I looked it up on YouTube and the first video is this crazy ass nut job dressed as a bear with no shirt on. And he's like, hey, I'm going to be going over to my local mall and uh, preaching the good word of uh, QAnon. So check it out. And it's just him in the middle of the food court at the mall screaming and yelling like a fucking nut job until security kicks him out. Okay. That was like six months ago and I'm like, huh, I don't know who this crazy nut job is dressed as a bear with a QAnon flag, but I'm going to remember this person. And then a goddamn idiot stormed the Capitol. And the Republicans are like, well, obviously that it, it, it was the left in Antifa who did that. And it, a big, a big uh, proof that they used on their QAnon websites and whatever is, hey, I have footage of this guy dressed in a bear suit at a Black Lives Matter rally. So obviously he's a leftist. And it's like, no, he goes to leftist rallies as a Trump supporting QAnon fucking nut job. He goes to rallies in Phoenix and he went from Glendale, Arizona to to uh, to uh, the White House and managed to get himself arrested this weekend. Yeah, they, they, I, I, they're all fucking cowards. They're yeah. just fucking cowards. So you are telling me this thing that you have been spreading all over fucking social media for two weeks prior that you are going to do on January 6th, something that you want to promote so fucking much, you made T-shirts and sold fucking T-shirts, and then January 6th, you actually go and do this fucked up thing that you were telling everybody you were going to do. Then you find out it's con- there's consequences, and suddenly it's Antifa, you lying, cowardly cuck. And, and, and here's the thing, is that I can understand them, if the kids want it. If not, then we can chuck it. I have no use for it. Yeah, just go for it. I can understand the right saying, oh, it wasn't the right. It was Antifa. If any of them were disguising themselves. Yeah, right. But the right is saying the right is saying, oh, this was obviously not the right. This was Antifa and the left. Meanwhile, every single solitary person I saw who made their way into the Capitol building was all. So, hey, I'm live streaming right here. I am a Republican. This is my name, my address, my social security number. I'm sending all of you a blood sample. I am a Trump supporter. I'm streaming this live. Go Trump. And now the right is saying that person he's a member of the left and it's like no no how stupid can you be I don't know if they can hear you from in there honey sorry okay I think it was said best by whoever tweeted every accusation the Republicans are making is really a confession yeah yeah, uh, uh, I believe it was uh, Dan who said 
that the right-wingers are claiming that it wasn't right-wingers who stormed the Capitol, which is all the proof you need that right-wingers are storming the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really liked that. I stole that and put it on Twitter. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, so that happened this week. And as it's as it's looking, there really are not going to be any consequences for anybody, really. You know, they've identified yeah. some of these people and they've arrested them. But have you looked at the charges? Like, fucking nothing is above a misdemeanor. Yeah, I sent, uh, I, I, uh, I retweeted something and it was, uh, hey, this person uh, violently broke into the nation's capital and uh, defaced government property and stole a podium and he could be looking at a year in prison. And then right next to that was an article from a year ago during the Black Lives Matter riots. And it's like, this person is looking at 40 years in prison for splashing paint. Yeah. During a riot. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. So there's definitely two Americans. Two Americas. There are two Americas. There's the America for white people, and then there's the America for everybody else. Uh Uh-huh. I've seen a lot of people in the left, like Amber, who loved the events of January 6th because they felt vindicated by them. Yeah. And like, hey, for four years, I've been telling you that Donald Trump is uh, dangerous. And one of these days, there's going to be some violence. And everyone has said, oh, well, you're just being you're just you're just being crazy. Uh, You got to give him a chance. And now that that violence has happened, like like when. When pe- when the people stormed the Capitol, I swear to God, Amber came home from work and it was like like she won a cruise. It was like fucking Christmas work. She was like, Did you see? Did you see the news? Did you see the news? I told them. You know, she was excited about it. I, I was I was much more blase yeah. about it. Cause again, we knew it was fucking coming. Yep. Like it wasn't the surprise. Yeah. I just, I just, I need the surprise was the bear suit. Okay. Okay. Got me there. Okay. I didn't see the bear suit coming. (laughs) Why do you do that? Why? I don't want the door. Okay. I I moved this down. I didn't realize that that I had the proper angle. Okay. Anyway, well, we need the tweet. Just in the they are uh, nice. their own. <laughs> yeah. Um, I need that tweet. Well, that escalated steadily over the past yeah. four years. I liked that one. Um, just put with uh, what's his name from. Oh, I heard your elbow. Veronica Corningstein. Yeah. Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen that. Has it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't I've know. I don't. I get my I get my news filtered so that I don't lose my mind. Yeah, understandable. But I need that, like on a shirt. Yeah. So, so this week has been insane. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. And yeah, we're all going to see how nothing happens. Yeah. As always, 
Nothing will happen. I was trying to express them. Nothing will happen to Trump. I was trying to express my frustration on Twitter with uh, Republicans saying that, oh, we shouldn't impeach Trump and we shouldn't invoke the 25th Amendment in the spirit of unity. Because if we impeach Trump, that would just divide the nation even further. And I was like, how do I explain to white people how frustrating that is. What tool can I use? It's funny that you brought uh, up what you brought up, Bunny, because I was like, what thing do white people love that I can use to explain my frustration? That's it. The Mandalorian. White (laughs) people are eating that shit up. So I posted a GIF of uh, the Mandalorian holding the child and he says... I'm going to put this child back where I found it. I feel that uh, taking it on adventures would just divide the nation, the galaxy even more. Yeah. <laughs> we need unity. Taking the taking the taking baby Yoda's too divisive. Asking, yeah. asking that we need goddamn justice to, now. The cause of unity? Yeah. I'm asking for immunity. Yeah. The the calls for unity are calls for immunity. That's some uh, that's some OJ Simpson trial type shit right there, honey. That was very good. They, you just Johnny Cochran did. Oh, it wasn't yours. Okay, still, I'm giving you the credit anyway. Sweet. What is it? Every other uh, uh, second-rate motherfucker who steals somebody else's ideas. Yeah. Calls for unity are calls for immunity. Yeah. That's really, that's really, really yeah. good. No, we, we, we need, what we fucking need in this country more than anything else is to be shown some goddamn justice. I'm just being shown yet again, the law does not apply to certain people in this fucking country. Yeah. Yeah. The law is only for some of us. Yeah. And it's like, uh, oh, this woman, this woman was killed. Yeah, but did you think it meant the guy in a bear suit? Yeah, I didn't know it meant the guy in a bear suit. I mean, I've, I've wo- always known it applied to the rich. This woman was killed storming the Capitol, and I'm like, oh, but wait a second. If she had just obeyed the law. Yeah. He would have wouldn't have gotten in trouble. It's like, wow, maybe now I should be back the blue. Yeah. Because y'all were never about back the blue anyway. You killed a police officer. So many amazing things happened this week. The the guy in a bear suit, number one. The woman that was killed in the rally, she was trampled on to death while holding a flag saying, don't tread on me. Yeah, that's a- oh, my God. That's like that's like rain on your wedding day. No, that's a perfect analogy for the Republican Party. Yeah. They, they fire up their base, but then they're the only ones that get to trample on their base. Yeah. It's like, hey, back the blue. Uh, we support our cops, except for this one we're going to kill. Yeah. yeah, and then the guy who I believe died while getting tased in the nuts 
that turns tased, out not to be true. He tased, him, he tased himself in the nuts? He tased himself in the balls so far, so much that he had a heart attack and died. Yeah, that's that's how... Oh, so he chose the Stevo method of suicide. <laughs> Good. Snopes is saying that yeah. didn't really happen. Snopes is saying that didn't really happen. Huh? Well, he's dead, but I don't think he died from uh, tasting himself in the nuts. Don't get me wrong. I'm sad about it. <laughs> yeah. I like the so, idea yeah. of somebody tasting themselves in the nuts to death, but uh, yeah, it'll so, have to remain a fantasy. Yeah. It'll be a part of my fan fiction. Yes. So, so yeah. So this week has been crazy. I, I really found it pretty hysterical that they they okay. So the doors are thrown wide open for this pack of nut fucking jobs to invade yes. the Capitol building, and then once in, they wander around like a bunch of fucking morons, not having a single clue what to do. Yeah. You know, shouldn't you be finding evidence or something, you know? You know that whole deep state thing that you're going to that you're on about all the time? Like the evidence would be in this building somewhere. So maybe stop taking shits in the corner and taking selfies of each other. Yeah, uh there was literally no plan for what to do once they got in the building. They're Trump supporters. Yeah. Trump didn't tell them what to do. Yeah. He only told them to go storm the Capitol. That's it. Yeah. Uh, what I, did I, I just say? can't remember what I was going to say. It, you know that it's been a weird week when Axe Body Spray had to get on Twitter condemning the violence in our nation's capital. <laughs> because yes. someone left a bottle of Axe Body Spray in the Capitol building, which is just a stereotype in amongst itself. Yes. So they had to, so Axe Body Spray had to come out against the violence in our nation's capital. How insane, how insane is, yeah, and, and really, an echo. really, where are you putting that podium anyway? Yeah, yeah. You're not putting in your truck. Exactly. You'd have to take out the fucking gun rack. Sometimes, sometimes I watch YouTubers uh, at theme parks uh, on YouTube. I watch YouTube videos of various YouTubers who just spend most of their life doing videos at theme parks because it comforts me. You know, that like the entire world is going to hell. There's a pandemic and people are dying and uh, we have a corrupt president and there's violence in our nation's capital. But these people are like, oh, big news. They move the churro cart from the left to the right of the pathway towards the jungle cruise. 
And it's like, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. You are just in your own beautiful upper class bubble. Yeah. Where all you care about is making your next video about a theme park, and and it's it, I want to I want to be that 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 clueless, you know. Yeah. I want to be that unwoke. These are the people that are like, oh, I don't talk about politics. It's too divisive. I I want to be that white. Yes. Where where oh well I'll you know, never be that politics. fucking white. Yeah, so I watch these, I watch these YouTubers, and 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 that's what I've been doing lately is just watching these videos and just escaping from the world. You know, yeah, that's what I've been doing lately, and it comforts me. Yeah, <coughs> there, that was leading to something, but I'm getting a bit high. I don't remember what that was leading to. Yeah, that's that's basically why I've been watching more Marvel shit on YouTube. Yeah. Because, like, it's so completely inconsequential. Yeah. I've got the glow going on again. I really like it. It makes me look so uh, beautific. And always, I believe that we're in agreement when I say evidence abounds that Dr. Doom would have made a better president than Donald Trump. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I, I have that entire graphic novel that I bought at the comic book convention in the beginning of March before everything went to shit. And Dr. Doom succeeds in becoming the emperor of the planet. And enacts some really great policies. He gets rid of, uh, of all wars, and uh, he ends world hunger, and everyone's in peace. And sure, they're also uh, like mind controlled, but also no one is dying from hunger, and everyone has clean water. And it's like, like yeah, like like money. Oh, and also money is spread equally throughout all of the people on the planet now. And it's like, dude, Dr. Doom enacted some pretty leftist policies when he became <laughs> the globe. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Doom is more left than fucking uh, uh, Joe Biden is. Yes. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah. So there you go. So there we go. So the inaugur uh, the inauguration that they are now on social media right now making threats about and they're gonna attack and they're gonna shut down the inauguration so Biden doesn't become president. You know, all of this that's going to happen. And it'll it'll come to that day and batshit crazy thing will, things will happen. And the next day, Antifa did it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they now know that there will be no consequences for their actions. Yeah. I read in Business Insider that Donald Trump was considering sending the National Guard 
to protect his supporters who stormed the Capitol. Yeah. And that's just so sick and wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm noticing that a lot of Republicans are either saying conspiracy shit to try and wash their hands of what happened, or they're just really quiet. Yeah. It's like, oh, stop the seal. It's obvious that Democrats have been these dead people voting and Biden is so corrupt and Hunter Biden and laptops and we're going to take our country back by force if necessary. And now it's January 7th and it's like, so uh, I watched The Mandalorian. Can we talk about that and not politics? Hey, hey. I just really got into the Beach Boys. Pet sounds? Amazing. And it's like, oh, I noticed that you're being a lot quieter about your political views right now. Maybe that's something we discussed. Yeah. Fuckers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we get a Democratic president to Democratic House and Right there, a Democratic said it at the same time. Yeah, that's the time the left wants to yeah. overthrow the government. Yeah. Yeah. When when they have all the power. Yeah. Everything bad that the right does is just the left in disguise. Yeah. Like, I, I mean... Do they not realize that these lies don't make sense? Do they not care? Do they do they think that we're really as stupid as they are? Therefore, we would believe this shit? Meanwhile, meanwhile, the deepest, most hardcore QAnon people are still saying that this was a success. Like I've been reading all these posts on like Parler and stuff, and it's it's QAnon people saying the January 6th was a, was a success. The Patriots got into Pelosi's office. They got Pelosi's laptop, which has all the proof they need of the secret cabal of child-eating Satanists and pedophiles. Donald Trump has been flown to a remote location. He is off of Twitter because they're shutting down all social media because he's starting the civil war. The arrests are happening. Everyone get 10 days of food and water. All power will be shut off. It's happening and it's like yeah that's the shit you've been saying for fucking five years yeah you know it's like it's like what we've talked about on the podcast how many apocalypses have we survived yeah buddy so many times in our lives have people been like oh it's happening yep Uh, may 31st 2011 Uh world is ending i'm 100 sure of this Sell all of your possessions. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So happy 2021. Yes, happy 2021. Yeah. Funny how people says, I can't wait for this year to be over. Yeah. You're going to go to bed on the 30th okay. and wake up magically in Wonderland? <laughs> okay. This podcast is now the sketchy show. Sketchy. What do you have to say? The camera's here. The camera's right here, sketchy. What do you have to say? 
Sketchy, you're 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 a stinky girl. You know that? You're a little stinker. Literally. You are a stinky girl. Do you know that? Okay. See, if you're just listening to this on SoundCloud, you didn't get to see the dog that I held up. You're not getting the full experience. Yeah. Sunday afternoons. Come on down to Facebook. Yeah. I've got a really good chap. Yeah, what do you got for us? I think we should be getting on to it. It's it's a short one. Most of it is reading a, a movie review. Okay. That is the worst movie review in the history of movie reviews. So let's get on over there. Okay. Before the screaming starts over here. Okay. So that is it for this week's Bunny versus Self-Adhesive Tape. Yes, please. Love it. And cut on that. And cut on that. Bunny! Yes! If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays in this day and age? But only real fans, true hardcore fans of the show who've been with us since day one would know two things, two facts, two fundamental truths about uh, the both of us, the two of us, America's hottest couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, the first unequivocal, absolutely really real and in no way made up on the spot fact about you, Bunny, is that when you're not the brains behind the podcast, you are busy as a part-time escort. So tell us, Bunny, what services do women hire you specifically for as an Um, escort? Mostly for the ranch dressing toss salad. That is a very popular one. Yeah. You know, uh, most people, they'll call up and directly request that. You know, they want to make sure that it's part of the the overall bundle, uh, which includes champagne and flowers. Okay. And the, the... Cool Ranch Toss Salad. Yeah, so that's you a know, very good one. You know what, Bunny? You've brought up an interesting point. Aren't caterers food prostitutes? Basically, yes. Yeah, yeah. We should change that name instead of caterers. They're just uh, food escorts. Yes. Yeah. Can I do Exactly. There's a lot of different escorts out there. I'm a story time escort. Hey. Well, you is, wanna. But that's because we're in a capitalist society. Yes. We're all whores. We're all whores. The Pope on film. We're all whores. It's just that's what are you selling? Yeah. That's the tagline right there. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this part of the show is I like to get a story from the history books 
rework it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's where we are right here. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, 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 dun. Or chap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name chap. It's short and quick and to the point. It's the Ramones of podcast segments. Anywho, this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be doing a short, sharp shap about a subject that does, in fact, mean a lot to me. And let's get right to the thesis of the paper. Funny, Gene Siskel was a fucking asshole. Was he? absolute big time fucking asshole okay. he, was the worst. he was the absolute worst without a doubt the all time worst movie reviewer in the history of America bar none hands down boy howdy yowza 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 23 skidoo he did something in a review that is just so shocking, so mind-bogglingly inexcusable that I have decided to focus an entire chap about it. That's what we're going nice. to do. Okay? But first, here's a little background. Gene Siskel was born in 1946 in Chicago to Russian Jewish immigrants. So, uh, uh, okay, Boomer. He definitely played stickball on a street with a bunch of other black and white kids dressed as newsies. Yes, <laughs> most certainly. It's like, hey, you want to go outside and do our national uh, pastime? Rolling a giant wheel down the street with a stick? Yes. That was a national sport throughout the 40s. His real name is Eugene Siskel. Okay. Eugene Siskel would like to point out. His first words were mama, followed by no dad. I said mama, not dad, dad. That is slander, and god damn it, I will sue you. <laughs> so it is safe to say baby Eugene had a way with words. Yes. Wikipedia said that Gene Siskel, quote, lost his parents as a child. And that's why you got to keep an eye on your parents, because if you do not keep an eye on your parents, they will wander off. That's yes. why every time when I went to school as a child, I would put the club on both my parents. Yes. You remember the club? You remember yeah, does that? that even exist anymore? Yeah. Red, silvery metal thing you would put on your wheel to lock your steering wheel. How strange was that? That was also during the period in time where people were like, hey, I'm going to go to this mall, but I don't want my car stereo stolen, so I will remove it and just carry it like a purse. Yes. Throughout the mall, I will carry my car stereo because I don't want someone to break in and steal my window, Garfield. I just <laughs> tied in another podcast, another shaft. Yes. Right there. 
the 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 Garfield robberies of the eighties. I just did that. So I, I any, this what was popular on Long Island because they were kind of yeah. car people. Do you remember was the Ice Viper? Teams. You remember the Viper yes. security system? Protected by Viper. Yeah, I remember that. Step away from the vehicle. Yeah. Fuck you, I'm yeah. just walking to the goddamn store. Yeah, yeah. That was. It's so funny because people said, I'm going to put an alarm inside my car to, to scare people away from breaking into the car. And also to alert everyone that the car is being stolen. How quickly we learned to ignore that sound. Yes. How yes. quickly all of us as a nation so easily learned to drown out. Yeah. <laughs> that just became a song we were all used to. How amazing is that? I wanted to come up with my own version of the Viper car security system. Mm-hmm. And, but instead of using the voice of RoboCop for it, I want, to, Viper. I want to Dr. Smith from Lost in Space. Yes! Get away from me! Get away! Oh, the pain! The pain! I 100% support that message. Absolutely. Yes. So, so Eugene Siskel graduated Yale. Funny. Pop quiz. What degree did Eugene Siskel get at Yale? He got a degree in what? Yale has one of the most outstanding Moyle degrees. Yeah. So, so he 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 got his. Doctorate in moiling. No, it's worse than that. He got a degree in philosophy. Okay. So how is no, useful? <laughs> yeah. So with no journalism training whatsoever, how did he become the Chicago Tribune's main film critic? You may ask. Well. After college in the late 60s, Gene Siskel started a sort of apprenticeship studying writing and journalism under Pulitzer Prize winning journalist John Hersey, who got a Pulitzer for his work covering the Second World War and the atomic bomb. Apparently, he was he was like deep in the shit for World War Two. And, and he was a journalist and he was covering the Second World War and he visited Hiroshima after the bomb dropped. And while he was going through the rubble, he found a diary of someone who had lived through the blast and then died. And he got that journal and published it as an article and people loved it. And they gave this guy a Pulitzer Prize. And so he decided to bring Gene Siskel under his wing and teach him journalism and writing. So it was that connection to a Pulitzer Prize winner that got Eugene Siskel hired on as a film critic. So in 1975, he teamed up with fellow Chicago film critic and hearty to his laurel, Roger Ebert, 
And together, and I didn't realize this because I was pretty young at the time, but they started a local PBS show oh, yeah, yeah, called yeah. Sneak News. And that was their movie reviewing show, which would air on PBS. And it was exactly the same. Well, that was the first show, was the PBS show. But then eventually they said, hey, we can make more money away from PBS. So they gave up the PBS show and started syndicating a second show, a new show called At The Movies, which was 100% the same thing as the PBS show, except now there are commercial breaks and they can make more money. Yes. And throughout the 80s and the 90s, Siskel and Ebert were basically the alpha and omega of movie reviewers. They could make or break a movie with a review. They were so powerful movie reviewers at at that time that when I still worked at the bookstore, they did a Rift Tracks live showing in movie theaters where they riffed uh, Matthew Broderick's Godzilla. And I went with a of mine at the bookstore who had never seen Matthew Broderick's Godzilla and she just leaned over to me in the middle of the movie and said oh my god are those two supposed to be Siskel and Ebert (laughs) and I was like yeah 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 no they absolutely are this movie is horrible and also at the time Siskel and Ebert were like the kings of movie reviewers so a good or bad review from Siskel and Ebert could make or break a movie, but not in the ways you might expect. And that brings us full circle to the main crux of today's Shep. This is an actual review that ran in the Chicago Tribune in 1980. What Eugene Siskel did here is both legendary and freaking inexcusable. I have the article in front of me. I will be reading the review in its entirety. The headline says, Friday the 13th, more bad luck. Okay. So there's a little uh, graphic, and it says, uh, Tribune, mini review, unlucky for the viewer, no stars. No stars. So I will be reading this review to you now, okay? Okay. Okay. It has been suggested to me that the that a great way to keep people from seeing a truly awful movie is to tell them the ending. I like that idea a lot, and I know it is a powerful and controversial weapon. So you're going to have to trust me to use it wisely and sparingly. That is the first paragraph. Here is the second paragraph. In the meat cleaver in the forehead movie, Friday the 13th, which also features a bloody slow motion decapitation, the killer turns out to be a bitter old lady played by Betsy, I've got a secret Palmer. It seems that 23 years ago, her son drowned at a summer camp while a couple of counselors were off having sex in a a loft he has given away the ending to friday the 13th in the second paragraph of his fucking review yeah okay and it's a total dick move but nobody who is going to see that movie is going to see it for the fucking plot yes but here's the crazy part bunny here's the crazy part 
I haven't gotten to the bad part yet. Okay. It gets worse. Okay. So that was the... Uh, okay. Uh, so that was the second paragraph. Here's the third one. Since the boy's drowning, there has been a rash of unsolved murders at the camp, and after about 83 minutes of Friday the 13th, we learned that, sure enough, it's Palmer's fault. She's got this thing for counselors at Camp Crystal Lake, and if you wait another 10 minutes, you can see one of the teenage girl counselors cut Palmer's head off. Now there. I hope I've ruined Friday the 13th, which is the latest film by one of the most despicable creatures to infest the movie business, Sean S. Cunningham. Cunningham. You may have heard of one of his other films, The Last House on the Left, a film in which a teenage girl is forced at gunpoint to urinate on herself and then is shot in the head. Cunningham's specialty is that old slick standby, teenage girls in peril. In scene after scene in Friday the 13th, we see girl counselors stripped down to their underclothes, only to be stalked by the unseen killer who we now know as Palmer, looking very much like a lumberjack. One girl gets the meat cleaver slammed into her forehead, another's throat is slashed, and we see the fake blood Burnt towards the camera. Cunningham takes it a little easier on the boys. One is merely stabbed in the stomach. Another's throat is pierced from the back of his neck by a knife. In more than one scene, Cunningham rips off sequences from the hit shocker Halloween, which was much, much less bloody, much less explicit about its attacks, and much better directed by John Carpenter. To be fair, Gene Siskel did give a good review to Halloween, so it's surprising that he's going so far in his attack with Friday the 13th, the yeah. first one, which is the, 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 the most subtle of all the Friday the 13ths. If he felt that way about the first Friday the 13th, I want to be there in the theater when he's forced to watch Jason X. Yes. Jason face. If he hates if he hates that the first one went too far, I would have liked to have seen his expression when he watched Jason Takes Manhattan. Yes. So, so there's still more to the review. The point is this. There is nothing to Friday the 13th other than its sickening attack scenes. Uh, remove them and you're left with an empty movie. Uh, we're nearing the last paragraph where it goes off the rails. Friday the 13th is being distributed by Paramount Pictures, and it is very surprising to see a major publicly held film company handle a movie as bloody as this. Previously, Cunningham had had to work with small-time independent releasing companies. Now, here is the last paragraph, okay? And this is not freaking cool. Paramount is a division of Gulf and Western Industries. If you want to complain about the film, you can write Charles G. Blood, Blood, Bloodorn, the chairman of the board of Gulf and Western Industries at One Gulf Plaza, New York, New York, 10023. Betsy Palmer lives in the little town of Rowayton, Connecticut. I'm sure a letter sent to General Delivery will get to her. That's it. The first one I don't mind. The second one, total dick move. 
Friday the 13th has been given an R rating by the Motion Picture Association of America. If any film should be X rated on the basis of violence, this is it. But Paramount pays part of the salary of the MPAA people who determine the ratings. And this is clearly a case where a big studio gets a less restrictive rating than is than is proper. Okay. Okay. Eugene Siskel. I understand you don't like a movie, but mother fucker just doxed one of the stars of the film that he didn't like what the fuck yeah exactly what the fuck not freaking cool you just doxed an old lady uh-huh what the hell and then the funny thing is to tie the whole shack together Reports suggest that this review, which went so far in its attack of the film, really did help the film. Yeah. That they made a small-time horror movie and they released it. Again, Friday the 13th cost $550,000 to make, and it made $60 million at the box office. That is an insane return on a very small investment. And one of the main reasons why people apparently went to go see this film is because Eugene uh, Siskel was foaming at the mouth and doxing people because he hated the film so much. Yes. That a lot of times Ebert people will was say, no hey, fan was... either. Yeah, Ebert was no fan either, but he's not like uh, Friday the 13th is a despicable film, and it features one Kevin Bacon. Here's his address and social security number. Give him hell. Yeah. You know? Like, what the fuck, Gene Siskel? Not freaking cool. But also, on the other hand, it's like an Ed Wood situation. The Ed Wood paradox is that Ed Wood made a bunch of films and he worked really hard on them and he had heart and he tried really hard, but they weren't a success and he died penniless. Now everybody knows who he is only because Michael Medved called him the worst director of all time and Plan yes. 9 from Outer Space, the worst filmmaker of all time so you want to hate michael medved for shitting on ed wood but also if he hadn't shit on ed wood there's a good possibility that all of us here in the future wouldn't know who ed wood is it's kind of the same thing fuck you gene siskel also thank you for making uh, it possible for there to have been like nine friday the 13th movies like like there were like 12 really thanking him for that though Kind of. I feel like a huge portion of the success uh, report suggests that his bad review helped the movie. Yeah, but are we thanking him? Not thanking him because he's a piece of shit. For that many? Yeah. Or just the original? Just the original. Just the original. Because let's be real. Did it need to be dragged out? Absolutely. You need to see Jason X a couple of times to really appreciate the beauty and majesty that is Jason in space. The real good horror movie characters go to space. Jason in space, Leprechaun in space. Yes. Uh, And who could forget Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (coughs) Just came up with that. It's a massacre in a NASA space station. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Just came up with that top of my head. I think that's a pretty good idea. So that's the end of Shab for this week. Gene Siskel was an ass. I know you don't like a movie. You don't dox one of the people in the movie. 
What the no. fuck? Go ahead and dox the company all you a- want. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. But don't tell your audience where one of the actresses lives. Yeah, what she's the just hell? a fucking employee. You didn't like the movie? Yeah. This is this type of shit is why goddamn Robin Williams killed himself. You know, like it's not Betsy Palmer's fault that Friday the 13th existed. No. Not even the star of the movie. She's barely in the goddamn thing. You're, she's in She's in there for like 10 minutes of screen time and you're blaming the entire film on her. Yeah. This old lady didn't write the script, produce it, put it out in theaters, get a major company to release it. Like, fuck you, Gene Siskel. Not cool. Absolutely not cool. Very upset about this. Ridiculously upset about this. Good. So upset. You have no idea how upset I am. Uh, So that's it for Steve's historical approximations this week. Next week, we will be talking about Donald Trump and the time he tried to buy a uh, NFL team. It has it happened. It, it has a lot of similarities to what we are dealing with in our present day. It's I thought from- you were. I thought you were going to say Taiwanese boy. No, 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 uh, no. That's that's uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Him and his uh, Jeff. That's that's Donald Trump and his best friend Jeffrey Epstein. So uh, Donald Trump tried to buy an NFL team a long time ago, and uh, what he went through. Uh, can teach us a lot about what's happening right now. So that's next week. Join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations. And cut on that. Bunny, we've got a movie to discuss, an amazing film. They made Jesus say, I'll be back. Yes. Yes, they did. Damn it! This fucking movie! Okay. If you ask me, we have found the cure to insomnia. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I absolutely can barely understand the last 50 minutes of this movie. I, I nodded through this movie twice. Because suddenly there's like three or four different timelines all happening at the same time, and they. they, they was sign language mentioned once before the woman starts sign languaging to herself at nope. all? Fucking this movie. Okay. <laughs> We've got a movie to discuss, but before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. Do, 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 do. Do 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 do. This is the we're going on break dance. Do 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 do. The fingers got to go up if you're in, if you're doing it at home. The fingers have to go up. Do 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 and break. And then I tried to do the closing the. Bob will tell you this. You haven't got long. 
before you all try to kill yourselves. Because you're crazy. And you can put your dick back at the pub. But there's only what lives inside of each and every one of you. I like these posts in the rants and raves section of the Oklahoma City Craigslist page because it, I, I guess it's just justifying my beliefs. People are horrible. The headline is USA and Mexico. God, okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to keep a positive attitude towards this. I was visiting with a blood relative who was married to a Mexican... And the relative brought up Trump and the wall. The relative was irritated that Trump thinks Mexico will pay for the wall. Being a nice relative, I just listened and was told Mexico hates Trump. I feel as if I have stumbled onto something. Go Trump, go, baby. Build that beautiful wall. I'm so happy to be a brown-skinned individual. In the Bible Belt. Gee, I feel so uh, welcomed and invited. Just feel so warm. People are treating me so nice here. It's like, man, they make sure to put their sights on me first. It's like I have red dots all around me from their sniper rifles. Yay! I'm going to get me a pickup truck and a dog and a shotgun. I'll start saying y'all. I need I need to go whiteface. I'm gonna live here any longer. Really excited about that. A one, two, three, four. You look so pretty next to somebody else. I'll tell you, I'll just tell you. You look so pretty when you walk away. I'll tell you.
Hey everybody, it's me, Dabney. You know the rest. The Church of Edwood and Undead Cow Studios are proud to bring you a new semi-regular segment called Exciting New Death Scenarios. The Fukushima nuclear plant in Japan opens up these exciting possibilities for new death scenarios. First up, those suffering depression and suicidal thoughts have a new option by simply eating the tuna. Of course, in America, you could still just buy a gun. For the rest of us, the Hodiako Redback Bowl is becoming super intelligent and will conquer the world. That would be the Republican Party for our friends in America. And with a purposeful grimace and a terrible smell, the remarkably growing odds of death by Godzilla. Climate change can also have its fun. In the Bronx, you'll have the opportunity to be killed by a polar bear as they are forced out of their natural habitat. Would you like, would you like to combine death with pleasure? You can march with thousands of others to your death by visiting beautiful Florida resorts. Want to show the world how badass you are? Why not a badass death? Rising temperatures makes it as easy as pie. Just leave your house without putting on sunscreen. In other new and interesting ways to die, if you want to be killed by this, this, or this, go out dressed like this, this, or this. Increased fracking wildly ups the odds for dying in an earthquake, and becoming a protester wildly ups the odds for dying by vehicular homicide. And of course, Gluten. In a recent Gallup poll, 20% of those asked said they would rather die from free government guns than living through another soul-sucking day. 30% said they'd rather die resisting than bow down to a megalomaniac, and 43% said they would rather let their internal organs fail instead of being thrown out on the streets. So I hope you enjoyed the all-new and exciting death scenarios, but remember, if you're old-fashioned, there's always the white Christian male. Hi, I'm Reverend Steve. Now, I know you love OSI 74, and so do I, but what about that soul-sucking commute to the Ransom Cluster boil you call a job? The Pope on Film can help. Each week, we cover a random film for your pleasure. Visit us at PopeOnFilm.com for more info. The Pope on Film, your alternative to suicide. Are you a woman in the Utah area looking for ugly clothing? Then stop on down to the Black Dress Warehouse. 
We are Utah's leading supplier of black or dark gray dresses. Do you want to look like a housewife? Do you want to look like a woman who is suffering depression or is possibly mourning the loss of a, of a loved one? Or perhaps you're a woman being haunted by the grim specter of death. If you are, then come on down to Black Dress Warehouse. We sell black dresses and that's it. Off of Route 9 and Main Street, Black Dress Warehouse. Oh, oh, when you think you're ready, call down to Crazy Eddie, the man who's got most everything. Stereo sound, his audio selection, Wally with your perfection. He's the man with all the lowest prices around. So come on down and put him to the test. See whose prices really are the best. Who fix you up with the sound of in your place and guarantee a smile upon your face. When you think you're ready, down to Crazy Eddie, the man who's got most everything, stereo sound. And so the story's told across the whole wide world. Crazy Eddie will not ever be undersold. Need a new stereo color TV CB? Call 645-1196 for the most ridiculous prices ever during Crazy Eddie's Christmas sale. In August? You don't have to imagine that we're back. Because we are. and we're back with more of the pope on film i forgot to get a trailer uh bunny bunny before we continue i just would like to mention this week's sponsor uh this week's episode of the Pope on Film is brought to you by Crazy Eddie's Discount Catheter Emporium and Warehouse. Crazy Eddie's Discount Catheter Emporium and Warehouse. Price is so low on catheters, you'll shit yourself. Is that what he's that on to now? Crazy, crazy Eddie? Yeah, he's pretty old. I think it's funny because I'm working for Selling yeah, you're going to be selling like catheters and stuff like that, uh, which really ties in with our summer of Fred Willard because in the movie, 
uh, a mighty wind. The woman from Mitchin, Mickey, her husband sells catheters and stuff like that. So if you want me to learn the mandolin and sing the Sureflow song, then I can do that. That was the, the movie that brought us together, too. That's the movie that brought us together in love. Why you got to look at me like that? It's fine. Act three, buddy! Yes. Act three. Act three. Yes! Act, wait, 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 wait. Act three. You're so jealous that I have a top hat now, too. That your jealousy is just dripping off of you. That's, you that's really jealous, not... salty no. little bitch. I, no, I see you in the hat, in the top hat, and I think I'm finally getting droogs. <laughs> You're one of my droogs now. I support that. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to casually saunter our way into the third and final act of the show. And for those of you who are not in the loop, our third act is wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our low cost but still same great coverage you've come to know and expect movie of the week. And you know that a film is in trouble when the movie's biggest star is Heidi Montag. <laughs> yes, it's the wildly offensive 2020 Christian sci-fi film slash accidental comedy, Assassin 33 AD. Yes. Which now, my Plex server refused to recognize and is calling it the 33 and brings up a synopsis concerning miners trapped in a mine. Yeah. Um, Probably those Chilean ones, I would imagine. Well, first off, before we we really get into it, I want to talk reviews. Um, This movie has a website assassin 33 ad like.com and uh the website once you open it up there's like a flash animation whatever thing that shows some of the great reviews of this film and i'd like to read some of the reviews on the website for this for this movie uh okay here's the first one Assassin 33 AD raises the bar for faith-based filmmaking, a powerful message of hope, love, forgiveness, and redemption. Um, that does not keep in, 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 into consideration how low the fucking bar is. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, they they tout that as a major review. That's from a blog, and I cannot find. I found the blog for the movie reviewer. I cannot find the review for this film on his blog, and I looked. <laughs> so already, 
Shit seems fishy, but I will continue. Here's another review. Assassin 33 AD is a story like no other. And this review, I agree with because uh, this, there has not been a crappier religious movie than this. And that says a lot because there are a lot of crappy religious films. I still can't believe we haven't done Unplanned yet. No, I, I I I love that movie so much that basically the people who own Planned Parenthood are in top hats, twirling their mustaches, going, "I'm going to get that fetus and tie it to the railroad tracks." <laughs> love that horrible movie. Okay, here's another review. Uh, sensational. An inspirational message wrapped in a tale of excitement and adventure. This review is from a YouTuber who is very slappable. Okay. Some of his videos. And as far as I can tell, it seems to me that this good review came from the fact that the director sent him a copy of the film and agreed to do an interview over the phone for his YouTube channel. So the least the YouTuber can do is give the movie a good review and a glowing rating. So I don't think that this film is sensational, inspirational message wrapped in a tale of excitement and adventure. That's just something you say because you have a guest on the show. Yes. So here's another one. An interesting and engaging film. I also agree. I was interested and engaged in how shitty of a movie this was. This review comes from behind the lens online.net, which I went through not all of the website. I went through most of the website. I could not find a bad review at all for any movie. And I fully 100% believe that behind the lens online.net is a website that just cranks out good reviews to try and be on posters and DVD movie covers. Okay. I 100% believe that behind the lens online.net. Every review is fucking ridiculous. You know what? Uh, I'm just going to pull it up right now. Behind the lens online.net. No, not behind the lens. Behind the lens online.net, who gave a wonderful review to Assassin 33 AD. So here's some of the headlines. Chasing the Rain is an emotionally powerful film that speaks to the uncertainty within each of us. Here's another review. Hunter Hunter is a slow-roasted tale of tension and terror. Here's another, uh, here's another review. Uh, Fatal is a psychologically chilling edge-of-your-seat thrill ride. I swear <laughs> to God, this is just a fake movie reviewing mill. Yeah. And I've discovered it. It's behind the lens online.net. You should read through the reviews. They're all fucking hilarious. What I'm trying to say is, it seems like every good review on the official website for Assassin 33 AD is shady at best. Uh, All of the reviews for this seem to come from shady, questionable uh, uh, reviews. Now, here are some other more reliable reviews that I found. 
that I would like to read that are a slight contrast to the other ones that I read. Okay. This one is from IMDb. Why would anyone bother to make this film? That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, somehow manages to be as incoherent and offensive as Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. That's from, <laughs> that's from Box Office Revolution. Here's another one. Uh, this one is from the Lafayette Journal Courier newspaper. Assassin 33 AD plays like a film project that majors at Oral Roberts University would make as their senior final exam. Yes. <laughs> Read. This is from ILSeat.com. Assassin 33 AD is a racist, hate filled work. Agreed. Yes. Uh, IMDb. Here's another IMDb review. I'm not sure if this film is a joke or not. Love that. <laughs> um, this is from Movie Nation. Uh, Assassin 33 AD is hands down the nuttiest Jesus movie since Life of Brian. Oh. And then the good people at Friendly Atheist wrote um, Assassin 33 AD in what I feel to be a glowing review. Assassin 33 AD is the most unintentionally funny Jesus movie ever made. Uh, I I wish it was that good. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Well, when I saw this movie the first time, I was shocked by this film because the premise is deeply racist and the film is just bad and incoherent with the different timelines. The second time I watched it, I was high and I just imagined in my head, I pictured this as a perfect movie going experience. I imagined... Uh, my wife and I, it's our anniversary. And like we did like two years ago, we take a trip, just the two of us to Austin, Texas. We go check out cool things. We make a video or two for my YouTube channel. We go see a concert and Oh, look, one night we're going to be there uh, at midnight. The Alamo draft house will be playing assassin 33 ad and we just get high and we go watch the film at midnight with a whole audience of people who also hate the film this movie could be a perfect cinema experience i really do think this would be a great midnight movie yeah yeah because it's so bad and so offensive and so shitty that i really do think that like i would watch this at midnight while drinking a few beers with some friends. Yeah. I I cut I cut a little bit of the scene where uh uh Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane and then the evil seal team 6 just uh uh terminator appears and yeah. you know you can see Jesus being kissed by Judas in the like uh the the what is it the the see-through Yay. in black that was that was an awful lot of hardware to take out a pacifist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, like, uh, we've got the target, and they're shooting everybody, and there's that tense scene where he's, if you are the son of God, you can stop this bullet right now. And I cut that, and I put it on Twitter, and I said, this is the movie we're watching this week for the podcast. 
I, I, here's a scene from the film. Please watch it. And please note, this film is not a comedy. This is not a joke. This is a serious religious film. Yes. And I sent it to uh, all of the members of the house that have Twitter accounts. And I was like, please, please, please watch this scene from the movie we're doing for the podcast. And Amber like watched it and immediately just said, uh, and it's like, yeah, that, that's, that's actually a very good review of this film. Yeah. But I could see myself watching this at midnight with a bunch of friends and we're drunk and a little bit high. And it's, you know, I could see this being one of those things where it's like we're all hanging out and we're all drinking. And I'm like, you guys want to watch a bad movie? <laughs> it's like, OK, here, this movie is called The Oogie Loves. And, uh, and then everyone's like, no, 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 no. Fine. OK, this is a religious film about time travel. Yes. You know, but I, I could see myself. I could see myself watching this film. Another review to go back to the reviews of Assassin 3380. Another review on IMDb starts off with don't believe the fake reviews. This film, which should have a zero out of 10 on IMDb, has a 3.5 out of 10. And a shocking 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that it's fairly obvious that, that there's, a, there's, like I said in the beginning, there's, this movie has a shit ton of really good reviews from it. And they have to be fake. This movie was written and directed by Jim Carroll, the wannabe Christian Ed Wood, and not the famous poet musician whose song The People Who Died is My Jam. <laughs> so, so the less famous Jim Carroll either paid for good reviews or Christians are giving it a good review solely because this is a religious movie, in which case those would still be fake reviews. Yes. Right? Yes, well, dishonest, yes. Yeah. So, so either the director went out and paid for reviews, or just every crew member or person related to someone who was in the movie or people who were in the same church as the director or the star all went out and said, hey, let's do a kindness and give this movie good reviews on IMDb and whatever, in which case those are also fake reviews. Or Christians are saying, we've got to support all Christian movies. But it's like, no. If, yeah. you, if you want your own genre of movies, Christians, then some of them are not going to be good. And you have to admit that. Uh -huh. I don't like all wrestling. I mean, you know, I'm trying to think of some sort of like, way to explain that but like if you guys want comic your own books. yeah if you guys want There's your own some comic books you don't like yeah 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 i never got into the x-men because there are three trillion x-men and 800 different comic books so i never got into them the only time i ever cared about the x-men is when they appeared uh, like sideways in like an avengers comic book yeah. It's like, oh, 
this bad guy, huh? We should go to see Charles Xavier. And then it's like, okay, now I care about the X-Men. And I have a vague understanding about the X-Men because they're a part of the Marvel Universe, but I never got into it. So, like, I'm watching the New Mutants and it's like, okay, I'm going to pull up a Waikapadaya for this because I don't know who any of these fucking people are except for the Russian chick with the sword and the dragon. Other than that, I don't know who any of you are. But... But if Christians want a Christian Hollywood and Christian movies and Christian movie studios, then not all of them are going to be good. Not every movie is good. So the idea that like Christians are going out and giving positive reviews to all of these Christian movies, that's not right. Just come to admit the fact that like not every movie is good. I like Saturday Night Live. I don't like Saturday Night Live movies. That's fine. Yes. Uh huh. Fucking. So, so, so let's give our review, our unsullied, unbiased review of AD 33, Assassin 33 AD. Uh, I'm giving it five Z's. uh, Hold on. I will go first. I will give it my totally unvarnished uh, review. But hold on, before I do, let me count the money that a director sent me. Uh, uh, completely unrelated to this week's film. Let me just count this. Money real quick, a uh, lot of money. Okay. <clears throat> Assassin 33 AD is a nonstop thrill ride of excitement. Best movie ever. Move over, Jerry Bruckheimer. There's a new Hollywood savior in town, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> Best movie ever raves me. Bunny, what are your thoughts on this week's movie, Assassin 33 AD? Oh. <sighs> It it was it it puts me right out the second I start I I try to turn away. So so I you would think I found the, the cure for insomnia in this movie. Uh, it was racist as shit. The plot was just convoluted. You would... you you're gonna go back in time to kill a guy to stop him from killing himself. Or getting you would killed. think that a movie. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, you would think that a movie that's. You would think that a movie that starts with reality TV show star Heidi Montag getting killed in a car accident would be a better movie. She was somebody. Yeah, yeah, she's a reality show diva. She was on the MTV show The Hills. She got married to Spencer Pratt and became like a e talk show sort of celebrity. One of those celebrities who's only famous because they're a celebrity. And she wrote this book called How to Be Famous. And she's just a real horrible person. So I was excited in the beginning of the film because in the beginning of the film, she dies in a horrible car accident. And I'm like, okay. Heidi Montag just died. That's something I can get behind, but unfortunately the film can't carry the greatness of seeing a reality TV show celebrity die throughout the rest of the film. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, fuck her. But, so you mean to tell me you didn't like this film? 
What about the very relatable black character? Oh, snap. Yo, dog, what's up? Once we figure out time travel, you want to go play some b-ball and talk jive with me? Yeah. Yeah. What about the yeah. totally relatable black character? I'm surprised they just didn't tell him, like, uh, so tell us about yourself. Oh, yeah, in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Yeah. Get and us then, Kevin Hart. Oh, we can't afford Kevin Hart? Yeah. You sound like Kevin Hart. Let's put you in this movie. And then I guess he became the Apostle Simon? I guess something weird. Yes. Yeah. This is this is a horror movie that is specifically designed for boomers who love Fox News. Yeah. Buddy, there's a good chance that people who might watch this or listen to it won't know what the fuck Assassin 33 AD is. I had to work really hard to try and find this film without paying for it uh so so why don't you because you're so good at this bunny you're so good at this why don't you explain to everyone who's not me the plot of this week's movie it's It's a a smart guy who is kind of an atheist Nobody's really an atheist in this fucking movie. No. Uh, He is very smart. He falls in love with this girl and invents time travel for a Muslim extremist-based company who then decides that they are going to use the new time travel invention to go back in time to kill Jesus even though he is a prophet in Islam. Yes, in the Muslim religion, Jesus is a prophet, a holy person, so the idea of a jihad on a Muslim holy figure is an extremely sacrilegious concept for Muslims, so it's obvious that this film was written by a total fucking idiot with no real understanding of what he's attacking. Yes. Yes. So they send the SWAT team into the past. Evil SEAL Team 6. SEAL Team 666. Yes, I like that. So they send in SEAL Team 666 uh, with high-power weapons to shoot down... I don't know how they pinpointed them so accurately. But anyway... Start start trying to shoot down Jesus and his followers. Yeah. Which must have failed, or I nodded out, because I've seen Jesus in later scenes. So, you know, and again, I, like I said, it seems like a lot of firepower to take out a pacifist. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you could freak these people out with an etcher sketch, you know. I mean, they're they're primitive people. They could have put it's some like thought it's like this. getting it's like getting the crazy eighty eight, the Japanese ninja squad from Kill Bill Volume One, and yeah. using that to finally take down Gandhi. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, then there was some time travel stuff that just made no sense whatsoever. Look, I can't even bitch about the science in here because it was non-existent. Yeah, yeah. It was There's just a strings of words put together. Yeah, Assassin 33 AD has just as much science backing the ludicrous plot as you would expect from a very religious person. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> so they saved Jesus so he could die on the cross. Yeah. And I felt I felt that scene in particular very funny. You know, you're screaming yeah. about your girlfriend who's got like he's hanging from a cross. He's busy. This is the yeah. wrong fucking time for your shit. <laughs> and it's like you're holding your dying girlfriend in your arms while yelling at Jesus who's dying on the cross. Meanwhile, hey, can you have more of a reaction to the fact that your two other scientist friends are also dying on the cross with Jesus? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Like, the Mexican guy is right there. And the other guy is on the other side. Like, dude, I, like you're having your own thing, but can we focus for a little bit on the fact that the people who died on the cross with Jesus are now your buddies? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and and I, I would, and really, that's the plot. That, that, that's the plot. I, so they succeed and everybody gets saved. Uh, the most yeah. horrific part of this movie, though, that I felt was that whole end credit nonsense where they set this up for a fucking sequel. Yes. Assassin 33 AD 2. Assassin Harder. Yes. Assassin 33 AD 2. Tokyo Drift. Well, apparently they go into the future... And and they they're taken before the Antichrist. Yeah, is the next one. What? I was hoping for a sequel. This is how I would have done the sequel. Um. So due to all of the time travel, who's he? What's it? Nonsense, mumbo jumbo. Jesus is there, and it's like uh, I I have gathered you here, my disciples. And I want to tell you something. And then suddenly there's like a like a Terminator, poof. And what's in front of Jesus? A machine gun. Yeah. And Jesus picks it up and he goes, I am the son of God. And I'm not fucking around anymore. You see, they, they just don't get the idea, especially if they want to do a sequel, man. They have no idea of world building. You know, you're yeah. going to use Jesus, and in your second film, you're going to use the Antichrist? No, these are top-level bosses, man. Yeah. You know, you have to do some movies with some lower-level characters first. Maybe. You know? Maybe yeah. have individual movies spotlighting on, you know, individual members of the team. You know? <laughs> And they could introduce certain some of the certain sub villains that way, 
you know? Yeah. But you want to be four or five, maybe even six movies in deep before you involve Jesus or the Antichrist. Yeah. And it's like, dude, don't bring up Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ to Jesus. Like, not cool. But there's a lot that's not cool about this film. That being said, I I haven't seen it in a while. I loved how Passion of the Christ was really pretty big in the horror community for a little while. You know what? Someone should edit the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> it's just—it's the same film except add sitcom sound effects and a laugh track. <laughs> it's the exact thing, but just add the audience from an episode of Married with Children. Yeah, and so suddenly I have an audience going, "Oh." <laughs> like it, I would pay to see that in theaters. Yeah, yeah. That being said, I think that this movie is a big success. I want to give this film a thumbs up for Assassin 33 AD because it's obvious that a very religious person, in this case, the much less famous and less cool Jim Carroll, made this movie as a labor of love and that he wanted this film to change people's hearts and minds. And I think that in, in that instance, then this film is actually a rousing success because this movie, Assassin 33 AD, is so badly written, badly acted, badly filmed, that a lot of people will see this and go, well, shit, I'm an atheist now. (laughs) Well, all right then. Yes, I am going to go listen to Stairway to Heaven backwards for a while while smoking some doobies. That is how bad this movie is. Yes. So in a way, this movie is a big success. <laughs> you know? I was laughing out my ass when Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and SEAL Team 666 appears all Terminator-esque. That was hilarious. I think that with the right push, this could be uh, Christian the Room. Well, I mean, if you're feeling that strongly about it, do you want to figure out a time to do a live commentary? Maybe. Facebook would not even know this movie exists. We could live stream the the movie and do a live commentary. Maybe. I might be up for that because more people need to see this Excuse me. More people need to see this horrible, horrible film. This is a. This is so bad. This is such a bad movie that I almost love it. That's how bad this movie is. This is such a horrible film, and there's so many different versions of. 
there's so many different versions of everyone. There's like there's like the normal people, and then there's the past people, and then there's the future people, and it's like, and then they're talking to themselves, and it's like, oh, Simon, how did you get here? It's like, what do you mean? We came together. No, we didn't. Oh, you must be the Simon from a different timeline, and it's like none of it makes any sense at all. It's a hot mess, and yeah. it makes no sense. This is why uh, Dan Harmon has specifically come out and said, hey, this is why Rick and Morty won't do time travel. Because it's a mess, and the pain, and it's a pain in the ass, and we've done it once or twice, and it's horrible. This is why Rick Sanchez doesn't time travel, because it's just a pain in the ass, and yeah. it makes no sense. <laughs> And it really so, would have helped if you didn't use the same fucking sets. Yes. Yes. If I'm the last place I... you were in looks exactly like the place you're in now, and somehow you're in two different timelines, you know, give us a, give, help us here. Yeah. I was upset because in my mind, I was hoping for Captain Kirk on a rock fighting a giant lizard person in the sense that, hey, this movie is a cheap Christian film. How much you want to bet Jesus and his disciples are at Vasquez Rock? Yeah. Uh Where every sci-fi film has ever been filmed. How much you want to bet Jesus is at Vasquez Rock? But no, they were in some freaking forest. So I don't know where they were at. Maybe it's the same forest where they did Bride of the Monster, because that was a big park in L.A. Yeah. Maybe Bride of the Monster Assassin 33 AD has a con- have a connection. But I was hoping for Vasquez Rock. I was hoping that this uh, religious film is so horrible that I was hoping to see Moses show up. I have brought you these Ten Commandments. They are the word of God. He has given them to me and given them to you. I have also been given this beverage. It is a holy drink. Of the Lord. It is called Coke. <laughs> and I have come to bring Coke to you and it's soupy sales. It's soupy sales. Yes. As Moses. Really bring it all in. How many disciples were there? I think 10. You're religious, <laughs> right? Sure. That's what I was hoping for. That's what this movie gave me flashbacks of. This is uh-huh. the and God spoke of, of bad Christian movies. And I love and God spoke. Yes. I hate this movie so much, I kind of like it. Yeah. Because it's so bad that, like, God, I want I want to sit down with Bella and watch this movie. She watched Cats with me. She can watch Assassin 3380. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's all I've got for this week's movie. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm glad that we got to talk about it because people don't know this movie exists at it all. Was, yes, it was a was a horrible piece of shit. Uh, yeah, I had fun with it. It's gonna take me a while before I laugh again. I'm sorry. Well, you're not gonna like what we're doing next week. Okay. Because uh, Assassin 33 AD came out in 2020. It kind of snuck under the radar. Like I said earlier, that this movie, Assassin 33 AD, came out at the exact right time because it 
if this movie had come out in theaters in a normal year, then everyone would have pointed and laughed and said, this is the worst movie ever. It's offensive. It's racist. It, there's no science behind it. It's a piece of shit. Let's all go and make fun of this crappy movie. But with all movie theaters closed, this movie was able to sneak under the radar and not get as ridiculed as it should have. Yes. So, so, oh, I was thinking like, oh, Assassin 33 AD. Man, this must be one of the worst films of 2020. Oh, wait. One film does beat it. Okay. That's what we're doing next week. Next week. A few week, films have crossed my mind, and I am a little bit afraid here. Go ahead. Uh, next week, we will be watching one of the worst horror movies. One of the worst movies, period, to come out in 2020. It's a, it's a modern adaptation of the 1898 ghost story, The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. Oh. <laughs> the screwing, right? That's what they called it. It's It stars Mackenzie Davis and uh, one of the dudes, one of the little kids from Stranger Things. It is called The Turning. Oh. I was close. <laughs> Yeah, no, you were well. It does feel like you got screwed when you pay five dollars to go see it at a theater. Yeah, that was one this of the is going to be rough. Yeah, uh, have you seen this before? I I haven't seen this before, but like, I don't even like turning of the shrew, the turning of the screw. Okay, to begin this with. So, and I've wound up seeing more versions of that movie than I care for. But here then we go maybe, again. Then maybe you will be able to better explain the ending of this film, which absolutely, positively, 100% does not make any sense. And I went to a lot of movies in uh, 2019 and then a bit at the beginning of 2020. This was one of the few times where once the movie ended, basically everyone started cussing. <laughs> like I'm in the movie with like 18 other people and once the credits roll you just hear everyone go are you fucking serious are you fucking is it is, is that the fucking end are you fucking serious? two hours of my life fucking fuck I'm gonna ask for my fucking money back fucking like I like I heard so many fuckings it's yeah. like I was bowling with the dude in Los Angeles is how many <laughs> F-words were dropped during the end credits of The Turning. I have seen this film a couple of times now. Couldn't tell you what happens at the end of the film at all. Oh, period. We did, a, we did a Steve Stubbs about this. It was yeah. my movie pick of the week. I couldn't tell you what this movie was about. I've seen it a couple of times. I couldn't tell you what it was about. I could tell you what the movie was in the beginning of the film. I couldn't tell you what the movie turned into and what to talk about it with someone, Bunny, who might understand this a bit better because I've never read that freaking movie. Okay. So uh, we might get to the bottom of this. I'm excited about next week. The Mystic about next week. 
So until next week, are we up to this part? I think he's frozen. Oh, oh, there we go. You're going to put the club on you. <laughs> that ties everything together. It was Natasha's idea. She came up with that. But I'm going to put the club on you. But I'm excited about next week. And then after that, we're doing a trilogy of superhero movies. Okay. I don't want to give it away, but I'm very excited. Okay. Not for the reasons you might think. Uh, but but that's next week. And that's that's in the future. Now, oh, thank you. Now that I'm uh, looking back at this week, though, the highs and the lows, Gene Siskel's a piece of shit. Uh, I am now officially friends with Kim Robinson on yes. Facebook. Happened during the break. Uh, Dr. Drew uh, is like rain on your wedding day. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode. Oh, I think there. this has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I felt the same way. And I was going to say that, but I, I hesitated. I stepped back because I feel that you're the one who sort of gives the classification, the D rating for damn good, which is the rating that I strive for in every episode. But I didn't want to step on your toes. But yes, I concur with your assessment. Good, sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. But not Natasha. And I, Stephen, on behalf of Maxwell and Eleanor, but not Natasha, because she speaks for herself. She is a strong, independent woman, and she don't need no man. I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And the stormtroopers. Nice, nice tie-in, Maxwell. Thank you. Cut and print. Cut and print. That's a wrap.